This podcast is in no way affiliated with, related to, and does not speak for or to any 12-step based program. There will be mention of many of the 12-step programs and of the main 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous. But again, the hosts and guests in no way are the spokespersons for AA. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the guests and hosts. There will be controversial topics discussed in this podcast, including relapse, death, and failure. All to the good, our desire is to get some dialogue going around the express purpose of 12-step recovery and the much talked about but often unread big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We will speak from our personal experience and cover some of the history and much of what the pioneers envisioned for the fellowship at its conception. This is for you to hear some truths about what the practical, simple solution is and how far off the mark the fellowship has wandered. We will talk about some of the reasons and our views on how to resurrect the simple program of action outlined in the big book. Welcome to episode two of Recovered Podcast. My name's Ski. I'm Jambo. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in these AA meetings that we're going to. Mm. Where's this message getting watered down? Yeah, absolutely. Where where has it gone since the early days when, when their success rate was relatively high in comparison to what we hear nowadays of a maybe a 5% at best uh, success rate in Alcoholics Anonymous? When in the nineteen fifty five edition of the big book, it was seventy five percent. What's happened? Where have we gone? We've gone a long way astray, I do believe. Yeah. Um, I wanted to read this passage from uh, the big book just to get started, just to qualify some folks who may be coming to us for the first time. Mm -hmm. For those who are unable to drink moderately, the question is how to stop altogether. We are assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop. Whether such a person can quit upon a non-spiritual basis depends upon the extent to which he has already lost the power to choose whether he will drink or not. Many of us felt that we had plenty of character. There was a tremendous urge to cease forever, yet we found it impossible. Mm. This is the baffling feature of alcoholism as we know it, this utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or wish. Mm -hmm. And I am definitely of that variety of person. Right. The real alcoholic. That's what the book was written to. The real alcoholic. We're not talking to the moderate drinker or the heavy drinker for that matter. The moderate drinker can cease altogether. doesn't care whether he takes it or leaves it alone. No problem for him. The heavy drinker being the one who is able to moderate or put it down altogether, but may have a little difficulty in doing so. But once it's done so, carries on with his life and his life is fine. Never has to drink again. Doesn't right. have a care about it. His life gets better as soon as he stops drinking. But what is Alcoholics Anonymous? Who does Alcoholics Anonymous really serve? What were they, who were they looking to serve? I love this book because at first it says, at first we dealt with low bottom cases only. Right. Which is the person who, that's me. That's absolutely me. I could not stop drinking. 25 year long drinking career and damaged my body beyond repair. Miraculously, I'm still alive and somewhat healthy. Right. Uh, After doing, you know, a little bit of the spiritual work. Following some simple suggestions, right? Precisely. But I think that they were actually driving to the hopeless alcoholic, the person to which that passage I just read 
could understand. Absolutely. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm beginning to experience uh, a lot of maybe not hopeless, heavy problem drinkers uh, in meetings, hearing their messages Mm -hmm. about putting the plug in the jug or, you know, you just don't drink no matter what. Right. Uh, And I'm a fellow who will just drink no matter what. Right. Um, And thank God, you know, something happened. I was blessed by this opportunity to get sober. Right. Um, I finally took it and meant business when that day came. Uh, A man approached me on a 12th step call, which is something that we could go into for an hour at a time also, how that's actually missing from our program of recovery now. Um, But I sobered up never to drink again. After one man gave his best effort at trying to get me sober based on the information that he knew that was right out of this book. Absolutely. Um, And I'm not seeing a whole lot of that. In fact, I've almost excluded myself from going to outside in-person AA meetings uh, simply because I don't feel comfortable in that room anymore. Uh, A room that I'm meant to be, that's the place for me. You mean you're going to meetings and you're not hearing a message of hope? Almost, almost never. I'm hearing a lot Mm. of clapping. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing a lot of uh, people who probably mean well, but I'm not sure they're playing the same game that we are in terms of what alcohol does to them, uh, what alcohol does for them. For us, this is this is a life or death errand here that we're on, right? That that we're going to meetings. We we need to hear a message of hope. Yeah. If we don't hear a message, what are we talking about? If that new guy doesn't hear some hope, and it gives him enough wherewithal to maybe reach out to somebody that might have a solution for him, then what are we doing? It's such a disservice to him. He's the one that's going to suffer. He's the one that's going to die if we don't produce that message of hope. Absolutely. Hey, here I am. I was the real deal alcoholic. I was I was the guy in the gutter. I was the guy drinking a fifth first thing in the morning. And guess what? I haven't done that in three months, six months, nine months, three years, nine years. I haven't done that. I can show you how that happened. And we're gonna go, we're gonna go right into our book, the big book of Alcoholics, Alcoholics Anonymous, and go through the steps. That's our solution. The steps, not the meetings. Not the meeting. Right. I couldn't even hear the solution in a meeting sometimes over the clapping. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 and I say it in almost jest, but it's, it's a sad joke um, that it's more like a freaking pep rally for, uh, you know, a sobriety day countdown and, and these types of deals. Yeah. Um, that's a great point. You know, we are the only people who want a round of fucking applause for staying sober, which is going to save our life and probably make the planet better. Absolutely. Give me a round of applause, please. I'm saving my own life, but I need, I need some accolades for that. Truly. It's Um, it's embarrassing almost. Um, and some of these meetings, I I just won't attend. Uh, most of these meetings I just won't attend. Right. Um, I've been getting a lot of, uh, great spiritual ideas and recovery information through podcasts, through independent study. I've even gone to some Zoom meetings that were dynamite uh, because I realized that there are sober members of alcoholics now, and I hate to use the word hiding out, but they're hiding out in Zoom land because that's the place where they've created the fellowship that they crave that it talks about on page 164. Fellowship with a solution. With a solution. Talking about the solution, not afraid to talk about the solution that we might offend somebody or yeah, whatever. Just so, so much 
BS going on that, um, yeah, somebody reads uh, the preamble. Somebody reads this. Clap, clap, clap. Somebody, you know, whatever it is. I mean. It's embarrassing. It gets gets a little ridiculous after a while, right? It's much. It's a little too much. Um, And they spend, uh, you know, 15 minutes uh, doing these types of things when you literally can just roll right in, maybe put a proper speaker, you know, at the podium who's got a message of hope, who's who's got a message that says, you know, I was once sick and now I'm well, and here's what I've done. Yeah. You know, Um, if we go back to the early days, right, they didn't have... That's all they had was speaker meetings. You had one guy get up and give his talk, which was inspirational. And again, carried a message of hope to the new guy. And that was it. And, and then you broke. And then after the meeting was some fellowship. Usually got together or maybe went for coffee, drank a lot. They drank a lot of coffee and had some sweets or whatever the case may be. But that was that was it. You had the one guy speak for an hour. End of story. And then you could get together with other people and, and fellowship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now, and now kind of what I'm seeing, uh, since I arrived in the Northeast and it's not only in my general area, but an area hundreds of miles around, uh, where I'm currently located is these speaker slash discussion meetings, mm. um, where they throw a guy up there or maybe a couple, uh, of folks up there to share their experience. Uh, and then it gets kicked back to, uh, the folks that are sitting in the chairs And my experience has been that everybody sitting in the chair just shares about what a great job the speaker did for the next 30 minutes in, in, uh, in our hour out of the week that we get to meet. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it gets a little bit obnoxious if I'm honest. Um, it's not how they did it where I'm from. It's uncomfortable for the speaker it's too. It's like, oh, John, you did such a great job. I love you. You're such a you're such a guy in AA. You know, you you have such a persona about you. Everybody loves you. What's and that doing to the guy that just spoke? It's got to be embarrassing. Or the contradiction to what he just shared. Maybe he shared a great message of hope and somebody's like, well, that's not my experience. You know, for me, John, and he's talking directly, directly at the guy, like, him. you're wrong. I'm right. This is how I do it. You do it wrong. You can't do what you said, blah, blah, blah. Sure. So it's either way. You're either building the guy up or you're tearing him down. That's what is that? It's it's not to me. It's not a AA meeting that I want to go to. Yeah. If that's the type of meeting that I'm forced to go to, mm. I prefer not. I'll find my <laughs> recovery elsewhere. Yeah, but how are you going to get sober if you don't go to these meetings? <laughs> well, there's 164 pages in a book that can show me precisely how to do it. Oh, you got to be kidding me! Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I really thought it was the meetings that kept us sober. It is not the meetings, Jambo. It is not the meetings. <laughs> Meeting makers make it. They Damn. make what? They, they make, make a lot it. of coffee. They make a lot of meetings is what they make, right? Oh, they do. They probably make, well, I won't even go I was there. a meeting maker for seven years. I ended up getting, I, I, I had to drink. Yeah. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I did it for, for a good portion of my uh, earliest years in recovery. Thank God I did know that there was a book included mm. in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one thing. They were all around the room. Nobody really cracked right. into them too much. Right. Um, but uh to the credit of, uh, of those groups, there were book studies. I was not going to them. Right. Um, I was never directed to them. Uh, well, I take that back. There were two gentlemen who I hated. I couldn't stand these two guys, uh, uh, Richard and Jay. <laughs> Had a resentment going on. I couldn't you stand should have them. taken that to a meeting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Call my non-existent sponsor, yeah. you know? Um, but these two guys were literally 
kind of hammering the book. Uh, this fella, Charlie, was doing a book study in his basement with his sponsee family. Right. I went one time. I was like, man, these guys are dorks, dude. I can't stand this. But the, <laughs> I have no interest in this. Yeah. And the, but the absolute truth was that, you know, they didn't have coffee. They didn't have girls. Um, you know, and that's why I went to AA. And I, I'm starting to see that's why a lot of guys Absolutely. Uh, will go to an AA meeting Absolutely. or two or three a day. Mm-hmm. Um because that's the experience that that maybe they think is what they're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, uh, sidling up to the newcomer and, you know, dating an AA is crazy. Um, you know, using it as a social outlet. We're all misfits. I don't want to really socialize with somebody I just met that I know is a chronic alcoholic. What I would like to do is potentially help them. Help them. Help them, right. you know, exactly. in some way. Like exactly. I've seen so many people change as a result of this process that it's infectious. Dude, once I, we get I don't started. need to be a friend. Right. right. I don't I want to save your friend. life. I want to help you save your life. If, if I can put your hand in the hand of God, that's what I'm here to do. Other than that, man, we don't have to be friends at all. We, we don't, really you don't, don't have to like me, Yeah. but I've got a message that will save your ass. If you're willing to listen to it, yeah. if you're willing to do a few simple things, we, we can recover from this thing. Absolutely. That should be the message. That, that's the, you know, that's the crux of this whole thing is that somebody else has a message that will save my life. And I need that. Yeah. Cause and I, I'm dying. Right. And, and what, what I'm actually seeing is it, like these cliques of folks that they all know one another. Maybe they all went to the same goofy treatment center together. And, you know, and I've seen that quite frequently, you know, the folks that are in treatment together, they hang together and that's great. If they are there for recovery, you know, that might actually work because one or two of those guys will get the message. You know, and I think that's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. to pass it on, Mm -hmm. you know, to pass it on with my contemporaries, people that I'm of the same age or the same ilk of, you know, people can relate to me. Some will never relate to me, but that's the reason why I extend my hand as much as I can, you know, and that's how this is built. Right. You know, I always go back to that 164 where it talks about, let him show you how to create the fellowship you crave. Right. You know, and so I tend to, in my prayer life, ask God to put me in contact with folks that I can help. Right. That's the basics of it. Right. You know? And the fellowship I crave is not necessarily with everybody in here. The fellowship I crave is, A, with the new guy so I can show him what fellowship really looks like, what what friendship. Yeah, I don't want to be his friend, but I can show him what that kind of looks like, right? Yeah. And and in doing this, all of a sudden, I, I, I have created a fellowship that I crave, the the people that I want to be around. I don't have to like everybody. I'm not told that I have to like everybody, but I have to try to love them in a way that's like, let me help you, man. Yeah. Let me help you. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what your social life is. I don't care how much money you make. I just, if you want the solution, we've got it. It's contained in our big book and let's crack that thing open immediately and get to work not, in the solution. It's not contained in a sober bowling alley. Well, that's, you know, that's or softball, <laughs> you know, those are, again, nothing wrong with that. Nothing stuff. wrong with it, that. It's all fun. We need to have fun. We like to do things that we like to do. If it's softball, if it's golfing, if it's whatever it is, that's cool. Hang out with people that like to do that, but that's not recovery. That's, that's just part of the fellowship. Exactly. And it shows us that we can have fun once we get sober. There are fun things to do. You like fishing. I like golfing. I mean, I I love that stuff because it gives me an outlet. It gets me out of, you know, I can't do this stuff 24 hours a day. Could not. I'll go crazy. So, you know, when I have time away from this, I spend it with my wife. I spend it on the golf course. I spend it wherever. Having fun. Living life. 
This this program has given me a life. I didn't have one before this. Do you mean you don't have to wait till midnight and say the day was a successful <laughs> one and you're not yeah. waiting for your next meeting? Hope. Hoping oh, against just hope hanging on, hanging, hanging on to my on. chair. You're actually yeah. able to go to the golf course and not drink a beer. Yeah, I know. It's it seems it seems really like impossible, but I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. Right. I don't think about drinking at all. I've never I'm drank, recovered. I've never drank a beer while fishing, nor have <laughs> I ever wanted to. Right. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. We do these things and we find out we can actually do them without drinking, maybe even go to a ball game without drinking, maybe do anything. And it's not even a thought. How does that happen? Because there's a solution. It happens through the steps. Yeah. It doesn't happen going to meetings. No. I could go to meeting. I could go to five meetings a day and be just as sick as I was that morning when I started out on my five meeting journey. Mm -hmm. If not sicker, to be honest with you. So one of the things that I notice is absent in the meetings that I've been to, uh, lately over the last three years, I'll say, um, is the moment that I've at our meetings where I first attempted to get sober, the first five minutes or the first opening was, is anyone in the room thinking about taking a drink? And then everyone silences. And no, and generally nobody shares mm -hmm. probably one or 3% of the time, somebody will say I'm X, Y, Z alcoholic. And yeah, I'm thinking about taking a drink. Yeah. Um, that gets the meeting right off on the right foot. It tends to put it right there. Alcoholism. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how, how we overcome it. Yeah. And to a single meeting ever that I've been to, there's always a time for a burning desire, mm -hmm. which also means I'm thinking about drinking right. or maybe harming myself or whatever the case may be, but an opportunity to let that person speak out and say, I'm having, yep, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm absolutely thinking about it would maybe help us identify a person who is in desperate need yeah. of help in and, that and moment. I love it at the end of the meeting too, because then this, this guy that's struggling doesn't ramble on about shit. That's not even that important. Correct. He's got a burning desire. It's at the end of the meeting. He says, Hey, I'm thinking about drinking. Cool. End the meeting and let's get with that guy immediately. Right. Yeah. So I mean, we talked about clicks and we talked about, and, and this happens a lot because we're in an area that has a lot of sober living. Right. So you see the boys, they're all in front of the meeting, smoking butts, watching the girls' asses go by, mm -hmm. you know, chuckling with each other, joshing around, all that stuff, which is whatever. It's it's locker room crap. Instead of being in the meeting early, looking for the new guy that's that's staring at his shoes, right? Yep. They're out front smoking. They, they miss the whole point. I used to try to drive that home so hard to these guys is that our job is to be there looking for the new guy. Never mind hanging with your buddies. You can do that anytime. Mm -hmm. Don't go to a meeting and do that. Yep. Get in there, look for the guy staring at his shoes and get over there and say, Hey man, how you doing? You want a cup of coffee? That's the stuff that we've got to get back to. Yeah. Cause that's our job. That's, that's the only job we have. Yeah. And if we're going to be a, uh, an actual AA member in good standing, right. carrying the message is part of our primary purpose. One right. is I need to stay sober. And two is I need to carry, the, carry message. the message and that's it. Primary, you know, the number one purpose, primary purpose. The number one thing I have to do is stay sober and help another alcoholic. Yep. Period. If I do that, guess what's going to happen? Hey, I'm going to stay sober. I'm going to stay sober. If I'm looking for the magic key to how to stay sober, help another person. That's it. That's it. 
Yeah, you found the key. And they understood that so well back in the beginning of this program. Back in the early days, man, they understood that. That was crystal clear. When Ebby went to help Bill, and and all Ebby said was, now the only thing we're going to ask you to do is to go help somebody else. He got it. He got it right away. And that's what he did. And that's how he stayed sober. And that's how the early members did it. They didn't have years and years of recovery if you had three months, you you were a long-term sober guy. You had long-term sobriety. Absolutely. Get out there and help somebody. Dude, if I have three months of sobriety, I feel like I'm a long-term sobriety guy because <laughs> I couldn't put 30 minutes together. Right. What the hell? Three months, go help somebody. Yeah. You should have already been through the step work. And now go take that message and go help the new guy. Absolutely. And I I think guys can do it from, from day one or day three, even uh, provided they understand that their lives depend on it. I've run into a few guys lately who absolutely understand their yeah, lives depend on is, carrying this again, message. Again, it's life or death. And it's it's been a pleasure yeah. to work with guys that are that they understand, yes, I'm desperate and I need some help. And in this moment, this is a chance to do right. this, you know, and it's refreshing. It is absolutely refreshing mm-hmm. to come across a new fella. And I don't come across those guys unless I'm seeking them out. Right. Yeah, I never absolutely. get to meet a man if I don't go up and shake his hand. Right. So what am I doing? I'm sitting there on my phone in the back row, you mm-hmm. know, texting with my buddy, sending some stupid recovery meme to somebody, you know, it's, it's counterproductive too. So, you know, I'm partly to blame. Absolutely. Will I amend the behavior? Absolutely. Do I try on a, on a daily basis? Yep, I do. Now I arrive early, I shake the hands, you know, and Typically, I try to meet the people. Yeah, absolutely. Typically, the only time I look at my phone is to see if this guy's ever going to shut the F, f- uh-huh. up, you know what I mean? Yeah. How much time we got left in this meeting? I can't wait till this friggin' thing's over. Sure. Like some folks are probably thinking about this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> we hope so. Yeah, we hope so. <laughs> at least we got their attention. They, they can turn it off anytime, but that's, yeah. So, wow. Yeah. A lot of stuff there. A lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of truths. And I know a ton of people don't want to hear that. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. They love their meetings. They love to go in first thing in the morning, share how their morning went, what they had for breakfast, um, whether the cat went out or not. Um, you then, know. then they'll be back at noon to tell you the the same thing yeah, as we'll get to a, how it was update, at the office. An know? update it on how uh, you know the, the copy guy uh, couldn't fix the copier or whatever the case may be. Sure. And then they'll be at the night meeting to tell us the rest of the story of the day. It was a good day. Yeah. I'm going to make it till midnight. I know that I am. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. had a great day. Thank you so much for sharing all that hope. What a nightmare. (laughs) What an absolute nightmare. (laughs) If that's, if that, if if my life depended on that type of stuff and my sobriety depended on that type of stuff, I think I would drink. I would have to drink. I couldn't, I don't do not think I could make it. Because I would not be happy about my sobriety. The book tells me right. the man's going to drink again presently. That means right about now, right. this dude's going to drink again because he's not happy about his sobriety. Right. And that's me. He that's, ta- talks about the uh, the boy whistling in the dark, says, don't miss it at all. He'd give anything to take a few drinks and get away with it. Right? I was that guy. Before before I actually got sober and happy about the fact, Yeah, I was that guy. I was dying to use and drink in the way that I wanted to. Absolutely. Just as long as nobody found out and my consequences were somewhere in the range that I could manage. Yeah. You know, and that bar was getting lower and lower every single time that I went back out. Yeah. You know, and I'm happy to say, I'm happy to report that this book and some very well-informed real alcoholics have made it very apparent to me that you can live life happily, productively, probably better than you've ever felt before 
And all you have to do is a few, what the book says, follow a few simple rules. That's it. And I absolutely follow them on my best day, not perfectly. Right. You know, I am so imperfect at how I follow the rules and the results and benefits that I've been given that from that minimal effort really. Right are beyond my imagination. It's unbelievable. I am overcompensated, completely overcompensated. And I think God makes that possible. I truly do. He leaves a lot of room for his kids, you know, because he knows that we're human. And we're going to goof it up. We're going to screw it up, but that's okay. It does say it's okay. It's okay, man. We just keep on marching and we're learning as we go and we'll make mistakes. Absolutely. There's no one in here who hasn't made a million mistakes and I'm one of them. I've made every mistake, right? I had, you know, the, the, the thing that we uh, talk about, just don't drink no matter what. That's a, that's a tough one because you go, you know what? I drank no matter what. Mm -hmm. It was hard for me to drink just no matter what, but I'll tell you, even through all of the trials that I've had, the only mistake I haven't made is I didn't pick up the drink, drink, whatever was going on. It was, you know, whether it was the diagnosis of cancer, whether it was this, whether it was that, whatever was going on, I didn't pick up the drink. Right. So I could. I could keep marching forward and it got inevitable. Inevitably it got better. Yeah. Even again, page 164 describes our walk as a trudge, right? It's a walk with purpose, right? You know, and if I keep my primary purpose in mind, which is to stay sober, right. And help another, right. But at the bare minimum to stay sober, right. You know, it is going to improve. My walk is going to remain the same steady down steady. this path, Yeah, you know, and I believe I'm a man that believes this path gets narrower the mm-hmm. longer that I'm on it. Absolutely. Because my behavior needs, needs to constantly improve Absolutely. or I'm going to fall back into lethargy and sadness and isolation and every other thing that's part and parcel with me, what leads up to a relapse. What, what leads to it is exactly what it talks about in the 10th step, right? And again, we don't know this if we don't open our book and actually read it yeah. is that to rest on our laurels, right? Our accomplishments of yesterday. So yeah, I helped that guy last week. I don't really need to do that. anymore. I prayed yesterday. I don't need to pray today, mm-hmm. right? We're resting on our laurels. He says, we're headed for trouble if we do. For alcohol is a subtle foe. It's a subtle foe. It's a I subtle there, foe. I thought about uh, the last time I heard a fifth step. Mm. And I remember now, uh, it was over two months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty restful. I'm yeah. a guy that's in contact with plenty of newcomers. Right. That's pretty restful. Right. Um, you know, and so beginning to redouble the efforts, uh, I made a pact with another friend in recovery. And I said, buddy, I'm going to try to get five more sponsees faster than you. <laughs> Are you beating them? Uh, yeah, I think I am. I think I am. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that's not a hard task. But yep. <laughs> we shall he's, find out. Yeah, no, he's a. Uh, it's good. It's good. We should. We should push ourselves. To I do believe more. so. Push ourselves to do more. We can always do more. I felt convicted for a moment, and you know what? I'm just going to stick with it. Right. You know, and it seems to be working out. Right. You know. As Guess who stayed sober? Yeah, absolutely. Me, absolutely. You know? and, and isn't that the, it, that's the trick, man. If I can think of others, I'm not thinking of me. So I want to think of others as often as possible, because if I'm not, I'm always thinking about me. Yeah. You know, if I'm oh, not thinking about you, I'm definitely thinking about me. I'm not sure what you just said. I was thinking about myself. <laughs> See, there right? we go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Here's a suggestion yeah. about this speaker discussion meeting format. Okay. All right. So. Nothing says that uh, people can't start new meetings, right? So if I was such a holy roller as I am about making a meeting format that made sense, yeah, why wouldn't I start a new meeting? You could. 
Yeah, I can. Absolutely. And maybe I should, maybe I should just shut up and start a new meeting. Um, that would, that would probably be part of a solution. Well, that, that's what uh, precipitated a new meeting that's in our area that's turning out to be pretty, a pretty good meeting. Pretty a one well hour speaker meeting, meeting right. with a hundred people in the room. One hour speaker meeting. Yeah, absolutely. I cut my teeth on one hour speaker meetings. Yeah. I mean, my, my first home group that I really belong to, I mean, I called a lot of my home groups, but never showed up to them. But the, the one that I made my home group and actually showed up at was a one hour speaker meeting. And it was the most phenomenal meeting. We had speakers from all over New England, all over the country, basically come to our meeting and speak. And then we would reciprocate and go down and speak at their meeting. It was the most fun I've ever had in AA. Yeah. And, and we're kind of trying to replicate that now. Yeah. And I think it's working. I think it is too. Uh, it's, it's an energizing place to be. Absolutely. It's an awful lot of fun. Um, but then what if I'm looking for more? What if I'm looking for a, a book study? Uh, what if I'm looking for heaven forbid an open discussion meeting? <laughs> right. Why would you be looking for an open discussion? I mean, there's enough of those around. I have a feeling if it was, if, if, it, if it was couched in the right way with, with the right recovered folks in it, we could have a great discussion uh, and then let the newcomers trickle in, help qualify them. It, maybe it wouldn't be an open, maybe it would be a closed discussion. Well, what, what would that even mean? Closed. It means that it's for alcoholics only. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no. Yeah. Literally. You can't do that. Sure what, about you the, can. what about the drug addicts? Uh, the- I think if they could qualify an alcoholism experience and understand they're suffering from spiritual malady called alcoholism mm-hmm. and say, I'm XYZ alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I think they could be welcome. Okay. I absolutely do. So as long as they can, they have some history of alcoholism mm-hmm. and they're not straight up drug addict. Yep. Then they can go to an, to a closed, closed AA, AA meeting. meeting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If they're seeking recovery from alcoholism, uh, it absolutely describes it in our, uh, in our third tradition. Uh, you don't have that handy, do you? I absolutely do. Cause I have a book with me. That's got the traditions in it. Read the uh, long form of that third tradition. I I love that because it does say, kind of kind of gets right down to it. Yeah, it's, an it's not the lot short of form that says the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. It goes yeah. a little further than that. That's the watery form. Right. Our membership tradition three. Our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Hence, hence we may refuse none who wish to recover. Okay. Nor, nor ought AA membership ever depend upon money or conformity. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety may call themselves an AA group, provided that as a group, they have no, no other affiliation. affiliation. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, so this one's pretty fun and it actually leaves a little bit of room for interpretation, though I know that's not supposed to. Uh, hence, we may refuse none who wish to recover our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. I wish that said all who, or only those who suffer from who alcoholism. Suffer from alcoholism. Yeah, the, so that, that leaves, yeah, it does leave room for interpretation because you could call yourself an alcoholic, even if you're just a heavy drinker. You could be the wife of an alcoholic. Yeah. And you're say that suffering, you're suffering from, alcoholism. from alcoholism. Absolutely. I right? can see that. Uh, you belong in Al-Anon, but hey, 
You know, you might work for a man who's alcoholic, right? <laughs> You're suffering and suffering yeah, yeah. at this tyrant. You, maybe we shouldn't talk about this It's giving people ideas, right? I don't know. I wish they would have some ideas because I mean, this is thought provoking things though. You know, it, it, what does a perfect meeting look like to me? Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a meeting full of newcomers who know that they're alcoholic. Right. And then a meeting I'm full searching of, for a solution and a meeting full of people mm. who have the solution right who are willing to shake hands right willing to shake hands and willing to share the message that comes out of our big book not out of some other some other text or some rehab or you something mean like, like the that. 12 and 12 or yeah, daily reflections right, right it's all garbage yeah total garbage. i did the 12 steps through the 12 and 12 what that's not how you <laughs> do them <laughs> how'd you manage that that's a that's quite a trick because it's it's a series of Things written by Bill. It's Bill's big diatribe <laughs> yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm honest. Notice it came after uh, Dr. Bob had passed away. Yeah. Yeah. It sold for more than the big book too. It's, it was priced higher <laughs> than the big book, yet it's smaller. because it's he had a better, bigger stake in it. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Made a little money off that one. Here's an odd part of the third tradition though. It says, nor ought AA membership ever depend on money or conformity. So what do they mean by conformity? Because that's almost kind of shooting my argument right in the foot. Mm. If I need you to conform to what an alcoholic is, well, it says that your membership not depend on that. Well, if you're an alcoholic, you're not conforming. You're already an alcoholic. So you're not you're not conforming to being an alcoholic. You well, already are an alcoholic. What if you're a drug addict who wants to hang out in AA? Are you conforming for the sake that you need a place to recover? I think that could happen a lot. It happens I think a lot. It happens a lot, right? For they'll, want they'll of a call better program, an alcoholic when they're not, they're they may be a heroin addict and they really belong in NA or uh, DAA, DAA or someplace or like that, heroin, or heroin, anonymous. heroin anonymous or whatever it is. That's where they really belong, but they show up in our halls mm -hmm. and. And we treat them kindly because we want to help them. We know these guys aren't going to need help. They're there's, there's no question. But the thing, the the beautiful things to do would be to give them the solution to their spiritual malady, and then say, "Hey, guess where you belong? Over here. Go over here with a message Carry that message. doesn't that doesn't happen much in those meetings. I've only been to a few, but boy, I'll tell you what. But anyway, so say, go over here. We'll strengthen this program." with somebody that actually is armed with the facts about himself. Yeah, absolutely. But they never leave AA because it's, it's good here. Yeah. You know, and it's and, also and, where the, all the rehabs send them. Go and, to AA, go to AA, go to AA. Yeah. And no responsible rehab would send anybody to Narcotics Anonymous. If I'm honest, <laughs> there's kind of, sorry, a, NA. yeah, sorry. There's kind of a running joke. I learned this when I was a youth and uh, back home, both fellowships commingled very well. Yeah. Uh, we AAs went to NA. They just kind of, a little bit of fun. They actually said, go sport around an NA if you're an AA member. And if you're an NA, go to AA to sport around, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so wink, we're, wink. We're, we're dating right. the, the folks in NA because I'm an AA member. Um, but one of the inside jokes was, well, if you ever are relapsed in a, a town that you don't know, go to an NA meeting and you'll have no problem finding <laughs> exactly what you're looking for. Oh my. You know? Oh, and if I'm relapsed, I'm not looking for a message of recovery, right. unfortunately. But but again, if if people that struggled with narcotics had a message of hope, a, a message that solved their spiritual malady, took that message to those meetings, then those meetings would be strengthened. Mm-hmm. And I believe so that we, NA we is strong somewhere. It. We would do, be doing, oh, I'm, I'm sure there are strong NA 
meetings around the country somewhere. Yeah. Just not up here. They might be just keeping it to themselves because it's so good. Right. You exactly. Know? I've so, got, I've got one. Okay. Go ahead. So how does a heavy drinker, non-alcoholic find his way to AA? Because that's what our rooms are, are starting to look and smell like a little bit is a heavy drinking person who gets sentenced if you will, to AA. Yeah. Well, that's one way we, how he gets there is from, the, from the a judge. D, a talks, DUI, right, a judge exactly. says, go get your paper signed, you go do to, 90 meetings yeah. in 90 days or three meetings a month or whatever the heck they say. And he may be an alcoholic, but he doesn't have any desire to be there. He's only be, he's only coming be, to satisfy the court. Potentially. He doesn't have a desire to be there. Then you do get the the heavy drinkers who show up and are able to put the drink down, right? And all they really have to do is go to meetings. Oh, they don't even have to do that, but they show up at the meetings because they find their the fellowship that they crave is mm -hmm. there. So they have some fellowship. So they show up at meetings. So their message becomes, just go to meetings. Yeah, because all you need to do is go to meetings. Your your asshole's <laughs> off. Take it to a meeting, right? This kind of language, this kind of talk, and for for someone that's a real alcoholic that this book was written for, that will kill somebody like me. Likely to harm them pretty pretty solid. Right. Um, you know, it's pretty funny because if, if I was trying to differentiate a heavy drinker from an mm -hmm. alcoholic based on their drinking stories, I couldn't tell you them couldn't. apart. They look the same. I absolutely couldn't to tell them apart. the casual observer, they look absolutely the same. Even a person who's doing a little bit more digging, they mm -hmm. sometimes look very much the same because right. the language in AA is pervasive and you kind of need to learn the language mm -hmm. in order to feel at home. It's right. what we do. We're, we're very much, you know, it's part of the social structure. You want to sound right, look right, appear right. If you're in a room with other folks, right. you're going to learn the language and mm -hmm. kind of do what they do. Absolutely. They know the prayers. They know when to clap. Oh my God. You know, they yeah, know, they know, they, to, <laughs> they know how to, you know, offer somebody, the chips, you know, you know does anything. anything that you clap, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Just wait for a pause. There, there, there'll clap. be some clapping. Yeah. Um, so, how do we, how do we differentiate them? Well, again, I got to go up and talk to these fellas. Mm -hmm. I literally have mm -hmm. to go shake their hand, find out a little bit more about them. What do I do? Hey, you know, how you doing? Are where are you at in the steps? You know, you look for a sponsor or, you know, get real pointed about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I'm not sure I understood what you had to see, what you shared about Maybe, You know, could you explain that a little bit more to me? X, Y, and Z, you know? Now, what do I do? I've kind of started to use my own judgment, which is the first thing that comes back when an alcoholic sobers right. up is his judgment. You know, um, then I start to judge this guy out of AA. What do I do? I'm in a quandary now. Well, you have to, several questions that the big book gives us that you can ask, right? And if you don't think, if you, the guy coming in isn't sure what he is, you said, go try some controlled drinking. What about the guy that's been there a long time? Is it my right to kick his ass out of my home group? <laughs> Sometimes uh, I wish I could. Well, yeah, I know you. I know that's that's the problem. Is that the this third tradition lets him stay? All you have to have is a desire to stop drinking. No, it says. Oh, you're reading here, the long form. It says. Okay, I was our membership auto includes all the who window suffer shades. from alcoholism. I'm sorry, sorry, Jambo. <laughs> I was doing the window shades. Yeah. So the, yeah, yeah, it does go a little more, but again, who's to, but then it says in the very next stupid sentence, Hey, wait, we, hence we may refuse none yeah. who wish to recover. Right. Well, if you don't have alcoholism, what the hell are you recovering from? A lack of friends? Yeah. 
I love, you yeah, know, that's a good one. Low, yeah, I think, low caffeine I think that's, intake. That's I know. I know a handful of guys that are there just because. Yeah, they they. It's a place to land and have some friends. Yeah, well, I like, think you have some friends. I like to bowl sober. I mean, that's that's <laughs> a big lack in my life. Right. You know? Oh, I better get over there. Right. But if you're if you're the heavy drinker, you can put it down. And then go about your life. That's what you should be doing. You don't belong in AA. Exactly. You if need you're the heavy have- drinker, put the drink down, go about your life. Your life will get better. You don't belong in AA. So who has a voice to tell this person that? I don't think anybody does. I don't think people do is what I'm saying. I'm sure that people I think, don't. I think we have a right to. I think we do. I think you're going to be probably hung on a cross or something if you do, because you're going to be, ch- you're going to be chastised by everybody. You can't do that. You're so mean. How could you say that to that person? How could you do that? You help them find the truth. Well, I mean, you're saving them literally seven hours a week, or if they're a real <laughs> meeting maker, 14 hours a week right. that they could go be productive and do some other things with. And they, they probably need to, they probably be happier if Truly. they just got on with their lives. Oh, maybe they're looking for an alcoholic husband or wife. Yeah. And that could be too. What a place to find your spouse. Go shopping around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like knowing what I know about alcoholism and folks that have it. Yeah. No, man, that ain't where I'm looking. No, you know, no. All right. So I think we've, we've beaten that horse enough uh, for one day. So (laughs) maybe, maybe we'll beat that horse again another day, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back with another episode. At some time in the near future. So we just thank you for tuning in to us. And um, I would like to make a quick disclaimer that these opinions are absolutely mine and Jambo's opinions only that have nothing to do with AA, the big book or anyone, uh, their home group or higher power at large. This is just two observations from recovered alcoholics. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think you know, our disclaimer says that anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. We're meant to ruffle feathers because this is important stuff. Um, and if it ruffles you, Good. feel free to reach out to us. We'd awesome. love to hear from you. Love to ruffle your feathers. Yeah. That's what our game is. A bit of fun. We'll see you.